Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode six, our final episode of our Limb Loss Awareness Month series, um, where we're profiling some fantastic amputees who are involved in wheelchair and para sports. Today, I'm very fortunate to be joined uh, by Paralympic wheelchair racer, Alex Dupont. Uh, how are you doing today, Alex? I'm good, thank you. Thanks. So just to get things underway, I was wondering if you could tell us how you first got started in wheelchair racing. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I got hurt. Uh, I lost my leg in 2003. Um, and, you know, I went to rehab and everything. And I, you know, like, I just, I was kind of needing, needing something new to, to uh, you know, to get going. Because I was an electrician at the time. I, you know, I, I couldn't do that job anymore. And uh, a lot of things, you know, that I had, you know, I thought was going to be my normal life, you know, that was going to be uh, my future had changed. So I was looking for something uh, new to try. And uh, in 2004, I was watching the Olympics on TV, and uh, there was a demonstration event of the 1500 meter uh, wheelchair race uh, with uh, Chantal Petitclerc and Diana Roy that was there and uh, really inspired me. And then uh, I kind of just knew that's what I wanted to do. I thought it was really, really cool. So um, that's how I got going. I just uh, called up the sport association here in Quebec, and uh, they put me in touch with an athlete that was actually just coming back from those games. and. Uh, yeah, so we got going like that. And how were those first experiences? Were they really positive for you, or were there a few challenges when you were getting started? Uh, I mean, it's a. I mean, you uh, have to be honest. Wheelchair racing is a. It's a tough sport to get into. Uh, of course, there's challenges. There still is challenges now. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, you know, I was. I was not an athlete by any means when I, I started. I was. I was on the heavier side for sure. I had some some weight to lose and. It's a big, learn, a big, big, steep learning curve, but I, I was fortunate to have been put in contact with uh, his nickname is Skippy. Uh, Daniel Normandy was a sprinter coming back from Athens. He was also an amputee, and then I learned a lot from him. And then uh, eventually, I just kept learning on my on my own side too. But it's, uh, I mean, the challenge is, is that's you know, a, a racing chair is a, it's a small space. You know, it's a cramped, it's a bucket that you sit into. It's a cramped space. There's nothing very really comfortable about that. And then you have to fight with uh, your reminding, reminding leg that uh, cramps up and hurts and stuff like that. So you got to, you know, stretch and all those things. It's a big learning curve, but it's really worth it. And now what is it about racing um, that you most enjoy? Oh, I mean, the challenge, the challenge, the adrenaline boost, the, the rush, the, you know, it's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot I enjoy about it. Um, and understands the whole tactical aspect that goes with it and making the right move at the right time. Um, you know, it's often, often, I mean, it's not necessarily the fittest athlete that will be winning the race, but who ever played his card right, you know, put himself in the right spot. And then, you know, the whole, of course, you have to be fit too and fast. But I mean, when you get to a final, when you get a competitive race, everybody's fit and fast. So it's not necessarily has to run the hardest at that point. I mean, everybody's fit and fast. So who who's gonna play their cards right, and who's gonna you know use their own strength at their own advantage at the right time? So that that whole tactical aspect is pretty fun. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially you know when you're talking about some of the higher distances, like the things you compete in, um, you know, the 1500s and the marathons and things like that, where it really does come down to those split second decisions you're making on when do you when do you drift behind somebody when you try and make your pass. Uh, and so there's a lot of people who I, I think maybe aren't as familiar with racing don't realize when they're first 
for seeing it. Um, so that's really cool. And I'm really happy that you brought that up. Um, now, going off of that, you've been racing internationally for a few years now. Um, yeah. You competed in Rio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any moments or specific experiences from your racing career that really stand out to you? Um, th there's a few, but I think if I had to pick, if I had to pick one, well, it's hard to pick one. I'll, I'll go with two. Uh, you mentioned Rio. Uh, we medal on a four by four hundred meter relay. And uh, there really has been a big part of my uh, racing career. I have been on a really team for six years and there's been a lot of up and downs. And I mean, a lot of bad things happen. I won't get into all that, but there's been almost every, you know, we competed a few world championships and major competition. And there's always something happened. We always had a very competitive team and sometimes we got disqualified for a silly reason. One time we got, you know, uh, we, we, we were world champion in 2013 in France at world, uh, world championships. Uh, and then uh, a few months later, turned out that one of our team member had tested positive, positive for a t doping test. So yeah. We, 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 yeah, so we were champion for, I mean, obviously we had no idea. And um, so that, you know, that was a big letdown for us. And then other, uh, every championship, something happened. Uh, and then Rio, finally, something happened there too, where the officials uh, screwed up a little bit the, the order of the relay during the race. So because of that, uh, we didn't make it, uh, we, we didn't make it through. Uh, so anyways, they, we protested and we finally, at the very, very end, they rerun the race. Uh, we were the very last event in the stadium at the Rio Paralympic Games. And then we finally medaled there. So we got the bronze medal that I got to keep, but everybody was clean and we did well. And uh, we got bronze and we were even catching up pretty pretty strongly on the second place. So it was, it was a good race. So we went back home with a medal around my neck. So that was a gifting and big one. And my next one would have been when I won uh, the 1500 meter uh, at Commonwealth Games in 2018. Um, there was a strong, a strong, group of people there a strong uh, pack of athletes and uh and yeah i just had a really good race and a really good you know has definitely a, a dark horse in there and then uh, sure if you ask people around before the race there's not too many people who put their money on me but i just i guess it was just a good day for me and I told one. nice and, and i'm happy you brought up um just kind of how competitive the field is because you're in a really you know competitive classification uh, as an amputee that's racing you're a t54 there's a lot of Really big names uh, in that category. I know we have one of our own racers, uh, Tristan Smith, who's actually your teammate on the relay team. It just yeah. seems like it's 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 a a really kind of full and competitive group. Um, do you have any any particular rivals or anyone that you really look forward to racing against um, when those meets come around? Um, I mean, we're we're pretty tightly group of people we all know each other pretty well um yeah there's uh there's there's i mean i've got a lot of friends i mean it's you know it's a, it's a very you know valid question as i'd say right now this moment because it's a bunch of people i haven't seen in, in you know since my last race was at world championship in 2019 in november yeah. and then you know covid happened so i stopped traveling since and i haven't seen any of those people since then so yeah you miss them as friends and um as competitors, there's a lot of strong people in there. Uh, I mean, I could start naming people. Tristan is one of them for sure. Teammates, you know, it's fun to just hear like at nationals where you just 
we're just a few of us, but you don't actually know who's going to win because we're, we're pretty competitive with each other. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, often it gets it gets fun because we're, especially in those tactical races, we're, we're going slow because nobody really wants to go out front and do the work. So we're all looking at each other. We we don't really know who's going to do what move. and But we also know each other well enough that we know who, who, who has what strength. You know who has the endurance. You know who has the top speed. So we're not going to, you know, play it in, you know, handed the win to the other guy because obviously the, the goal is to win so it's it's fun times i think nationals and just like you know your your teammates canadian teammates here is fun and internationally yeah for sure i mean i could just start maybe i just looking forward to to see all of them really it's just it's just fun you know it's a whole 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 thing yeah and i'm i'm, I'm really happy that you you mentioned friendships because it seems like racing has given you quite a bit off the track as well uh, mm -hmm. i understand your wife is also a wheelchair racer um, and you started a business um, related to, to wheelchair racing and revolution sports. Uh, so, so can you talk to me a bit about what it's like to be married to another high performance athlete um, and how that works? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, a bit of an organized chaos at all time. <laughs> uh, we just, we just keep on going. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, there is no downtime really. And um, yeah, between work and both training and it's a bit different right now. Um, uh, Elena's hurt, so right at this moment she's not training. She has, well, she's does she's doing her small stuff, but not as intensely. Waiting for a surgery for her shoulder, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's different for sure. You know, between that and we we have a daughter too, so it's it's you know it's taking care of everything together. Um, I mean, it's hard to describe. It's just I mean, you know, we get up at six and we stop at ten, and it's just go 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 all day. So we just uh, we we used to train it with the club in the in Saskatoon, but we couldn't do that anymore because our, our life is so hectic. We we can't make up a time. Oh, well, at ten, we're there for sure. No, because I don't know what's gonna happen at ten. I hope I'll be there at ten, but it might be ten thirty. It might be quarter to ten. So uh, so it's impossible to work with us <laughs> and we know it we're a pain so we just you know make make our own schedule and and do do our best yeah and and you run as i said you guys run your own business you run revolution sports um which is in the wheelchair racing world what made you decide to to kind of start that company and build that were there any gaps that you saw in the racing world that you hope to fill yeah well it started off with me wanting to build my own stuff so i started with building my own training roller because I thought what was on the market was, I just didn't feel like I was getting what I was paying for. And then uh, next product was for my travel case because there was no travel case at the time available in the market. To put my racing chair in when I take the plane because everybody's equipment gets beat up pretty good on planes and travel and stuff like that. So I built my own rotor in my own case and then people saw that and then I got I started getting requests and uh, yeah, it was just that. So we all built one there and then there one there and then it kind of grew. And now we have a whole bunch of product and employees and everything. And yeah, it just kept growing. Yeah, well, that's really exciting. Um, and it's really good to see um, kind of when an athlete can take their career on the track and turn it into something that helps them off it as well. I think that's something that um, a lot of athletes really aspire to. So, so that it's fantastic to see that you've had a lot of success with that. Um, I guess my next question has to do kind of with the theme of our series um, is that, do you have any advice that you would give um, maybe a young amputee or somebody who's just had um, an amputation or an accident similar to yours, who's thinking about trying wheelchair racing? 
Yeah, just go for it. Go for it. I mean, um, as MPT, we have different challenges and different, um, I'd say we have some advantages and some some disadvantages. So, I mean, some stuff is, is good. We have where we have a really strong core. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to go hit corners really hard, we are often a little bit more stable into our chair. We have better chair control than some other athletes. But we're also fighting with, uh, I mean, if you're getting a double amp, then, man, just go for it. You're golden. Yeah. <laughs> you're light, you're strong, and the double amps usually do very well. Um, I'm single amp, so I still I have you know part of the, the plus, but I have some of the minus as well. Like I've got a big heavy leg that I have to drag around with me. And uh, so it cramps up, I was talking about stretching and stuff like that. But you know what? Like it doesn't matter what your handicap really is. Butcher racing is a cool sport. It's really, really I love it. I love it. And then you know, it's just I mean, you gotta deal with what you're you've been you've been handed, I guess, and just uh, there's there's always a way. Awesome. And I guess my last question for you for the day is, is there any, like, what would you like to see for wheelchair racing in the future? How would you like to see the sport grow or develop? And I know that's a big question, um, yeah. but just answer with whatever comes to mind. Well, honestly, it's on a really good path right now. Like I'm going to talk like if it's like pre-COVID because COVID kind of just shut everything down. But uh, before that happened, uh, on major marathon, we were starting to get recognized re really well. Uh, you know, the, the majors started giving uh, good prize money and then everybody was getting on board and they were, I mean, it's it's really going well. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always about visibility and, you know, uh, even this year, they announced the whole, the parent picks are going to be shown on TV a bit more. And it's, I, I think it just basically the, the way it's heading right now, just keep going that way. You know, it's more and more and more visibility and people to recognize our sports like, uh, you know, as, as what it is, as a very, very competitive sport. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's like I said, it's pretty broad and, and, and not the easiest of questions, but it's just, it's just to be fully recognized as an extremely competitive sport and to for people to realize how hard you have to work uh, to make it into that sport. That if you see somebody on the podium on a major championship, to realize how much work had to be put in to get there. Yeah. And I know I said that was the last question, but I just want to follow up on your answer there. You mentioned the amount of hard work and, and effort required. So what is like your typical training week like? Like how much do you have to train to get to the point where you're at now? Yeah, well, winter and summertime for me is a little bit different. Uh, on the winter, I'll be hitting the gym a little bit more. So I'll be doing about four, four sessions of uh, conditioning in the gym. So you're looking about an hour and a half per session uh, per week. So four times an hour and a half per week in the gym and then about five or six times in my chair about an hour and a half per time as well. So it's, so most days are, are two training, sometimes three training, because uh, I've got two different types of conditioning in the gym. So the, the, the winter is usually a lot more packed with, you know, trying to do some strong base training and, and strength and stuff like that. Uh, longer workouts with slightly less intensity. And then as the summer comes and the more important competitions are, are around the corner, I'll be dimming down the heavy weights and really focusing more into my chair, trying to get sharper. Uh, often the workouts are going to get shorter, but a lot more intense. Uh, so I'll be probably spending about still about well, an hour and a half per, per session in my chair, five, six times a week. 
uh, but a little bit less time in the gym, but still, I'll still be going to the gym, but yeah. shorter, more explosive, explosive stuff. Yeah, so that that adds up really quickly, you know, especially when you're, you know, you're working and you're being a dad and you're handling all of those things. Um, so it's pretty incredible just the amount of kind of sacrifice and time management um, required to be an elite athlete. And I think that's something that a lot of people when they when they first hear Paralympic or they think about disability sport is they don't realize the amount of work that, that goes into it and the amount of, yeah, effort that you have to put in to, to be at your best for when those competitions come around. So Yeah, it's, it's the same. I mean, it's no different than an Olympic athletes or any other sports. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that we train more than anybody else either. It's, it's on par. Like, you know, if you look at the Olympics, how much an Olympic athlete has to put in or, I mean, team sports or whatever sports at the highest level, yeah. um, you just, it's, you know, and then we're talking, I mean, I'm talking about time training, but you know, it doesn't stop with training. You have to look at your nutrition and your treatment and stretching and everything that goes into it. It's a bit of a non, like all the time kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching this video at home and you're thinking about trying wheelchair athletics, uh, if you're in British Columbia, um, please check out bcwheelchairsports.com. Um, reach out to Anna at bcwheelchairsports.com. Um, she's our athletics coordinator and she'll be able to put you or connect you to the programs and the equipment that you'll need to get started. Um, if you're watching from somewhere else in Canada, um, you can still reach out to us as well and we'll be happy to put you in touch with the right people. Um, thank you again for joining us, Alex. Really appreciate this. Um, best of luck with your training towards Tokyo. And uh, I, yeah, have a fantastic day and enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, you too.